Welcome to the Pre-Snap Podcast presented by Line Star. Alongside Tyler Weeman, I'm Shannon Somerville. We've got your best daily fantasy plays for week 14 in the NFL. Tyler, I cannot believe it is week 14 already. We're talking about some games with some ser- serious playoff implications. But we've also got some pretty good leverage in terms of daily fantasy to discuss. So are you looking forward to any games in particular or any, um, any storylines you're following this week in the NFL? I mean, it's a really interesting week as far as DFS because we have one game, the Vikings versus the Lions, that has such a bigger total than everything else. So likely all the ownership is going to go to that game. So if it fails, you know, there's a ton of leverage to uh, pick the other team's other games. Got to love a nice leverage spot. We'll also Mm -hmm. have your touchdown calls of the game for week 14 coming up later. But let's start off with our daily fantasy plays for week 14 in the NFL. And we'll start off with our quarterbacks. And hey, welcome to the pre-snap podcast, Kirk Cousins. I don't believe we've talked about him on this show yet this year, but welcome to the show, Kirk Cousins. He's averaging 244 passing yards per game. He's had kind of an up and down season, which is probably why we haven't featured him so prominently on our daily fantasy projections. However, he does have a nice matchup going up against the Detroit Lions, who are 17th in pass defense DVOA. What do you like about Kirko this week? Is he going to be rocking the gold chains? Uh, he is definitely going to be rocking the gold change. I, I actually, when you were introducing him, I was like, oh my gosh, how do I not have the chains on me right now? Uh, but Kirk's in a great spot. Detroit has just been terrible t- for quarterbacks lately. They are giving up the most points in the league over the last four weeks to the quarterback. They're averaging 260 yards and 1.6 touchdowns over uh, the last nine weeks. So they just really have been a very bad defense Uh, and letting teams pass all over him. We know Kirk Cousins has, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson and a ton of different weapons. So I think he's really going to be able to exploit this team. Yeah, I mean, he only had 173 passing yards against the Jets, but the Jets is that's a top five defense. That's a playoff caliber defense. And you're talking about the Detroit Lions, who have struggled, as you mentioned, to contain defenses all week as they have early. And er- earlier this year, Cousins did well against uh, Detroit, but we know Detroit is a much better offense at home in the dome. And so with Cousins' success about that from uh, against Detroit earlier in the season and then now in a place where Detroit is a little bit better offensively, I think there's really a chance that Cousins could have to get into a little bit of a shootout. And if that's the case, you know, fantasy points galore. Fantasy points galore, and we would all like to see another celebration victory dance from Kirk Cousins. We'd also like to see a nice celebration dance from Geno Smith, who's having himself quite a year. He leads the league in completion percentage. He had 367 passing yards against the Rams last week, and this week he's going up against a Carolina Panthers defense that ranks 20th in pass defense DVOA. Geno Smith in a great spot this week. What do you think about his daily fantasy outlook? He is. I And I think it's really interesting, too, because the Seahawks are really hurt in the running back room. So Walker left the left the game injured. <laughs> Dallas, Homer, all of them got hurt last game or in the last couple weeks. And up until this point, DJ Dallas hasn't practiced all week. Walker hasn't practiced all week. Homer was expected to practice today. I have not seen if he officially did, but that makes it where 
uh, Travis Homer and then Tony Jones Jr. are the two likely running backs. Now, Tony Tony Jones has a career average of 2.7 yards per carry. He is not going to be able to handle the rushing for this team. Uh, And then Travis Homer, he hasn't been a great between the tackles runner as it is. So with all that being said, I think this really could be a let Geno cook week. And if it is going against that bad secondary, the bad uh, pass defense, I think he really could cook. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with a guy like DK Metcalf to throw to who had the game winning touchdown last week against uh, the Rams there. So a good spot for Geno Mm -hmm. Smith. Let's move on to our running backs here. And first, we're going to take a look at DeAndre Swift, who's back and fantasy relevant once again he's kind of had an up and down season he started the year very hot but then dealt with some nagging injuries and stuff so wasn't featured as prominently anymore in that Detroit Lions in fact a lot of people in season long fantasy started dropping him from from their leagues despite his talent level just because he wasn't producing any and there was some concern there with Jamal Williams getting the majority of the carries there and some of the goal line work as he's is he going to be productive anymore well he answered that question pretty uh emphatically last week 111 yards from scrimmage versus jacksonville he's got that agility speed combo but he can also power his way through a defensive line minnesota 14th in rushing defense dvoa so just kind of middle of the pack there but where they are really bad is against passing running backs mm-hmm. so this could be a really great spot to exploit um for deandre swift in daily fantasy what do you make of this spot for him and kind of his overall year in fantasy Yeah, I mean, he started the season just on fire. He had that first week that was just giant, but then it's just been banged up the rest of the uh, of the year. And even the last couple weeks, he seemed healthy, but Detroit wasn't really giving him the workload. And they finally did this last week, and he showed everybody that he is healthy and that he is back, and he is that explosive, hyper efficient running back that we've seen before. And over the last four weeks, this Minnesota defense has not been very good to the running back. They're giving up the most points to the running back in fantasy, allowing 90.8 rushing yards. And as you brought up, their pass D versus the running back, they're allowing 7.8 receptions and 71.8 receiving yards to the running back, which we know DeAndre shit. Swift that is his specialty he can absolutely crush them in that passing game and that's kind of what I like here I think that one he's going to get enough carries to give us some uh, yardage there maybe a touchdown and then he's going to have a huge receiving game of course he also gets that Georgia Bulldog SEC champion boost there as well (laughs) I knew that was going to come up at some point I was waiting for it our next running back does not get a Georgia boost he was a Florida Seminole so Uh, I'll leave my comments there on that one. But Dalvin Cook has had an incredible season. He had 86 rush yards and a touchdown last week against the Jets. He's just a tough guy to tackle, okay? He's got the speed-strength combo. And going up against a Detroit Lions defense that ranks 25th in rush defense DVOA, Dalvin Cook once again in a great spot. I mean, can you think about what he did against the Jets, who are a top-five defense, and now going up against a defense that's 25th in rush defense? What do you make of it? Yeah, and now I wanted to bring up Dalvin Cook here because as far as a game theory aspect, the passing game is really going to be highlighted in this game with more ownership going that way. 
if we go into the running backs, we might get away from a little bit of that ownership and still get some access to this game. And that's why I like Cook. He's getting a huge volume. Ownership isn't totally there. And Detroit hasn't been a great uh, defense towards the running back for most of the season. They have been good recently. But I like Dalvin Cook. I love the amount of volume that he's getting. It's an elite level of volume. And his price, as far as a DFS running back, just isn't high enough compared to the volume he gets. And with the score total being so high, I could see him getting one or two touchdowns very easily. Yeah, absolutely. And the way this Vikings offense has been just really creative in terms of their usage of all the different weapons that they have, including Dalvin Cook and TJ Hawkinson as well, who, by the way, a little revenge game for him in this one. But we'll get to the tight ends in a little bit. Let's move on to our wide receivers, starting off with Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson, yet another weapon at Kirk Cousins' disposal there in the Vikings offense. He had a He's averaging 106 receiving yards per game. That is second in the NFL. Jets held him to 45 last week. He still had a touchdown, though. And that's a Jets defense that is fifth in pass defense DVOA this week against the Lions. They are 17th in pass defense DVOA. So if Justin Jefferson can put up touchdowns and some good fantasy, decent fantasy numbers against the Jets, think about what he could do against the Lions. What is your assessment of his uh, I totally agree. He is in a great spot. And at Detroit... Justin <laughs> Jefferson is averaging 10 receptions for 157.5 yards and 0.5 touchdowns. He has absolutely crushed the Lions when he is in Detroit. He's in a good spot again this week. They rank 31st, allowing 192 yards to the wide receiver. I think Justin Jefferson likely crushes this Detroit yeah. Lions. With that being said, I don't mind Thielen, too. I think Thielen's pretty cheap and has some upside as well. Yeah, that's a good point there. So some nice Vikings wide receivers for you. But how about a Jets wide receiver? Garrett Wilson's coming off the best performance of his career. Eight receptions, 162 receiving yards against this Minnesota Vikings team. He's on the verge of history as well. His 790 receiving yards on 57 catches ranks second among all rookie wide receivers in Jets history, trailing only Keyshawn Johnson, one of my favorite Jets wide receivers, by only 54 yards. So he could set a new franchise record this week. Buffalo, though, is a tough defense. They rank seventh in pass defense DVOA, but he did have 92 against them the last time he faced them a few weeks ago. And that was with Zach Wilson. He seems to have much more chemistry with Mike White at quarterback now. What do you make of Wilson's spot this week? Well, wide receiver ones have absolutely been crushing Buffalo. So I think you got to like that. Plus, Wilson has had a giant target share with Mike White. The Jets also pass 32% more when they're underdogs. Buffalo ranks 26, allowing 1.1 touchdowns a game to the wide receiver and 24th allowing over 160 yards receiving. So I think Wilson's in a really good spot. It's a spot the Jets will likely have to pass. Mm -hmm. And Wilson has just had a huge target share. And with that target share, his price in daily fantasy has just not came with it. And he he needs to be way more expensive. He's going to be high owned, but it's chalk that I'm willing to eat. Put some respect on that price tag for Garrett Wilson. Come on, the rookie's been phenomenal for the Jets. Uh, 
With, with that being said, if you notice, we may not be talking about Amon Ra for the first week in a oh, long wow. time. I think you're right that this actually is the first week we're not talking about Amon Ra St. Brown. What is going on? I know. That's okay. We're going to be talking about a Bronco. What, what is I going on? Twilight Zone? Pretty no, we're going to be talking about uh, Broncos. Jerry Judy, who returned from ankle injury week 13. He had four catches for 65 yards. This week, the situation for the Broncos is kind of interesting. So they're likely without Cortland Sutton. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Now, this is very important because obviously Jerry Judy will continue to see maybe uh, more of the workload this week. And Tyler, you know, I've been saying all season long, I've been picking on wide receivers against this Kansas City Chiefs teams in terms of receiving props always going up against the wide receiver ones. And that's because Kansas City, they rank 26th in pass defense DVOA versus the opposing team's wide receiver ones. They just have not been able to contain them. So I love this spot for Jerry Judy or really any wide receiver for the Broncos in this spot. What do you think of it? Yeah, and the reason for that is KC just plays a ton of man coverage. Wide receiver ones are able to beat man coverage most of the time. And Judy is extremely good at beating man coverage. He's a top five player versus man. With no court in Sutton, he's going to get more targets. I think his price is just way too low going against this bad KC offense. It's allowing 1.4 touchdowns uh, to the wide receiver, which means... You know, Wilson versus bathrooms. Wilson might get a couple <laughs> touchdowns this week. So I think uh, it could be a, a big week for Judy and and the uh, <laughs> Russell Wilson versus bathrooms yeah, saga. I think one of my favorite storylines to come out of the NFL this season is that somebody went to the trouble of really keeping track of the amount of touchdown passes Russell Wilson has versus the amount of bathrooms he has at his home i mean yeah it's it's great it's been two weeks in a row that have been really big weeks for bathrooms and i think wilson might might get back in the bathrooms a little bit this weekend <laughs> well to illustrate your point there have been 17 receivers to get at least seven targets against the chiefs this year and 14 of them have scored at least 13 ppr points so fantasy owners Going up against the Chiefs seems to be a very profitable spot for daily fantasy. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to DK Metcalf, a fantasy beast who had 127 receiving yards and the game-winning touchdown last week against the Rams. I mean, DK Metcalf, absolute beast, 6'5", 230 pounds. What can you say about a guy who could just kind of bully his way for any of those catches? And going up against the Carolina Panthers, who ranked 20th in pass defense, DVOA, man, I don't want to be any defense going up against DK Metcalf right now. I mean, all it really Gino has to do is kind of put it in his vicinity and he'll bully his way to the ball. What do you think? Yeah, he and he's been just an absolute target machine lately. Gino's looking his way, you know, often. And this week, as we talked about when we were talking about Gino, with the lack of running backs and specifically ones that can run through tackles here, the <coughs> excuse me, the Seahawks may have to pass a lot more. And if that's the case, that means more targets for DK Metcalf when he already has a big target share. And plus him being so low owned, I really like uh, the outlook for Metcalf this week. He can absolutely torch this defense. Yeah, he's been 
awesome. And it just goes to show you before the season, when we were talking about fantasy outlook for some of the different players, and we did talk about the Seahawks wide receivers, would they uh, see a little bit of a dip without Russell Wilson? Sure enough, it's DK Metcalf can have anyone back there at quarterback and he's out there having some monster monster game. Well, you could say that Gino's actually been better than Russell Wilson the last couple of years too. So Gino's cooking. Seattle believes in them. They've been throwing. They've been almost at 40 pass attempts a game over the last couple of weeks. And the uh, Russell Wilson only did that, I think, once all last year. So, And, I mean, it's not like the defense, like even the Rams, they were playing fairly good defense mm-hmm. against D.K. Metcalf. In fact, Jalen Ramsey on that final play was right there with him. But D.K. Metcalf's just such a big physical dude that – I mean, you can't, it's hard to um, compete with a guy like DK Metcalf. Yeah, and I mean, Gino had 39 pass attempts against the Rams in a game they really didn't have to throw that much. But uh, they're letting him cook, and I think that's also shows part of my thinking as far as with all the hurt running backs that they're going to have to throw the ball. All right, let's move along to our tight ends. And I mentioned earlier that it is a revenge week for tight end TJ Hawkinson. He's going up against his old team in the Detroit Lions. He's averaging 45 yards per game now that he's with the Vikings. That's five games. And going up against his old team who ranks 17th in pass defense, DVOA versus the tight end positions. Now they've been kind of using him very creatively. Of course, he's a great, he's great in pass protection, but he's also um a great weapon to have and you saw him being used a little bit against the jets and he's just such a tough guy to tackle for any defense let alone this detroit lions defense that does struggle with containing opposing tight ends what is your assessment tyler yeah over the last four weeks tj hawkinson has the same amount of targets as travis kelsey they're both averaging 7.8 targets a game over these last four weeks Uh, Hawkinson's in the highest projected game. Detroit ranks last in uh, touchdowns allowed to the tight end with 0.8 per game over the last nine nine weeks or nine games. So I really like Hawkinson in this spot. The Vikings have shown they want to go there, and I I like it. All right. How do we like uh, Denver Broncos tight end Greg Dulcich? He had six catches for 85 receiving yards against Baltimore. And going up against Kansas City, they rank 20th in pass defense DVOA versus tight ends. What do you make of Dulcich's spot? This is a little bit of a sleeper pick for me, I think. What do you think? It is. I mean, going to the Broncos in general is uh, a little bit of a sleeper <laughs> yeah. pick just because nobody wants to go after Russ Wilson. But the the fact is they're going against KC. They're likely going to have to throw the ball a lot to just to keep up. Uh with that being said, though, I don't love having both Judy and Dulcich in my lineup unless I also am using Wilson as a stacking option. So I would say pick one or two or one of them, not both of them. Um, but I really like it. He's super cheap. Same as Judy. Sutton's out. So there's more targets to go around. He had a ton of targets last week. And with the Broncos having to throw more this game, I think a lot of the targets could come his way. All right, so some good options there at tight ends. Lastly, let's take a look at some defenses. And the first defense we're looking at is probably one that a lot of people might try to pay up for this week, and that's the Dallas Cowboys because they are going up against the Houston Texans. This is 
top defense going up against one of the worst offenses in the yeah. league. In fact, yeah. Dallas ranks first in defensive DVOA. And the Texans on offense, they rank 32nd in offensive DVOA. So this is quite the uh, matchup here. But do you think it's worth the price tag, Tyler? Ownership will be there. Dallas is expensive. I don't mind paying up for it, even with higher ownership, just because this matchup is just so good for the Cowboys. Not only has Houston been terrible all season on offense, but they're also likely without both Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks. So their wide receivers are going to be lacking. They're likely not really going to be able to run the ball. Uh, the Cowboys should have their way with them. How about the 49ers who right now are allowing the fewest yards per game in the NFL? You just saw them shut down to a tongue of Iloa and that dynamic Dolphins offense. They'll be facing the Tampa Bay Bucks this week who are just scoring 18 points per game. That ranks 27th. Tom Brady and the Bucks. they did get the win this week, but they haven't exactly been explosive on offense. And when you're talking about this 49ers defense, man, they are special. They are lights out. Are they worth picking up this week in your daily fantasy lineup? Yeah, I, I think they're just too cheap for mm -hmm. the quality of team and defense they are right now, especially going against the Tampa Bay offense, which has major O-line issues. Brady doesn't have any time to throw the ball. So I like it. That Tampa Bay team's probably not going to score very much. There's going to be a few sacks, and there's absolutely chances for uh, turnovers with how many times they're asking Brady to throw the ball because they can't run the ball. And so it's just quick check downs left and right. Yeah, that defense is absolutely ridiculous right now. Nick Bosa, mm -hmm. man, he is an absolute beast that definitely gave Tua a hard time in the last game. How about the Tampa Bay Bucks on the other side of that matchup? Because they're going up against a Brock Purdy-led offense in this one because Jimmy Garoppolo is out for the remainder of the season with a broken foot. So they've got a backup, backup, backup quarterback in there right now. <laughs> so what do you make of the Bucks spot in this one? I mean, their defense is good. They've only had one team score more than 27 against them. That was the Chiefs. They're eighth in yards allowed per game. So this is a pretty good defense going up against an offense that, yeah, they've got some playmakers, but they're also missing their starting quarterback. Yeah, I was going back and forth with putting the Bucks here or putting the Steelers here. Both are in similar situations where they're playing, you know, backup quarterback and should, you know, be able to make some stuff happen. I ended up going with the Bucks here because one, it's Purdy is a rookie. He was Mr. Irrelevant. And now mm -hmm. the Bucks have a week to prepare for that where last week they they didn't. It just kind of happened. Um, so I, I really like, uh, the bucks here there, they should be able to get to him and being so young, there's a good chance of him making a few mistakes and maybe a defensive touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. Crazy to see that happening to the 49ers losing Jimmy G like that. First well, first they lost Trey Lance earlier in the season. Just have not had good luck with that. They went yeah. from, you know, Super Bowl contenders now. Although it does look like Jimmy G could possibly come back for the playoffs, but still it's going to be tough sledding yeah. from being out. For and I don't think it's like for the beginning of the playoffs. I think it's a little bit. Yeah. The playoffs, so <laughs> got to make it there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So some great fantasy analysis 
there, Tyler. Thanks so much for that. For more analysis, make sure to check out linestarapp.com for all the analytics, statistics, projections that you need to dominate your lineup, including a lineup optimizer for you. And also check out our new Props Edge tool. It's what we use to help pick out our best prop bets of the week. Make sure to stay tuned for our videos later this week on our best five-player prop bets on both prize picks and underdog. Check that out. So make sure to visit linestarapp.com for that. Now it's time for our touchdown calls of week 14. Tyler, where are you going for an anytime touchdown this week? I'm going with Jamar Chase. You know, I really wanted to bring up the Bengals during the show today, and here's my my chance. The Bengals are in a really good spot. Uh, Chase has had a giant target share in the red zone for the Bengals, and I think the Bengals get a couple touchdowns here, and most likely to come down with one is Jamar Chase. So let's go with Jamar Chase today. I'm going Chargers running back Austin Eckler. I'm thinking we get some air guitar action this weekend. He's got 12 touchdowns on the year. He scored in seven of the last nine games. And going up against a Miami Dolphins defense that ranks 28th in opponent red zone scoring percentage, not to mention they rank 22nd in pass defense DVOA versus the running back. And we know the Chargers love to use Austin Eckler as a pass catching back. He is the Swiss Army knife of the NFL. He can really defeat you on the ground and in the air. And I'm saying he has a touchdown in week 14. Give me the air guitar. You know, that's my favorite celebration. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sure is. (laughs) All right. So that's our touchdown calls. Remember to tune in for our prop bets. You can do that by watching our show tomorrow. It's our prop bets show for prize picks and underdog. We'll give you our five best bets. We use the props edge tool to pick out the best value in terms of our projection and Oh, what other people are thinking out there? So make sure to check that out. Sign up for notifications so that you can get an alert because a lot of times the lines change on prize picks and underdogs. So you want to hop in on those bets right away. So make sure you're if you're watching this video right now, like this video, subscribe to our channel and sign up for those notifications so you can keep up with all of our video content. Thanks so much for watching. If you have any comments or questions, drop them below and we will get back to you. Thanks so much for watching. Good luck to you in week 14. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Have a good one, guys. Bye.